Good morning. It's 11 minutes before 7 a.m. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Wednesday, October 26, 2022. I'm Peter Apathy with Raven News. When the assembly met last night, it chose Sitka High School teacher Tim Pike to fill a vacant seat on the assembly for the next year. Assemblymember Dave Miller vacated the seat earlier this month with two years left on his term. Four people applied to replace him, including Pike and former assembly members Richard Ween, Benjamin Miyasato, and Carol Voison. In his application, Pike wrote that he would bring a thoughtful, thorough approach to the role, along with experience in strategic planning and leadership roles in the local teachers' union. The assembly initially split its vote, with three assembly members supporting Pike and one vote each for the other three applicants. In the second round, Pike garnered five of six assembly votes. He was immediately sworn in and will serve on the body until the municipal election next October when voters will choose a candidate to serve the final year of Miller's term. In other business, the assembly recognized October as Filipino American History Month, and it approved over $2 million in matching funds for a federal raise grant the city won for repairs at the Marine Service Center. We'll have more coverage of last night's assembly meeting on Raven News tonight at 518. Like other communities in the state, Sitka is suffering a shortage of child care, verging on crisis. In September, the Sitka Health Summit Coalition identified child care as one of its two goals for the year in the hope of finding a fast track to a solution. Last Saturday, the coalition held a child care awareness fair to pull together resources, parents, providers, and children in one room, and to start the process. Coalition member Carrie Sagel attended and sent this audio postcard. Hi, my name is Joel Warner, and I'm the minister for the Sitka Church of Christ. Uh, my wife and I are also starting a uh, in-home daycare here in Sitka. It, it is a process. I just wanted to, to let everybody know it is difficult, but I think the ultimate goal outweighs the uh, difficulties right now because uh, our children are the future. I'm Andrea Colvin, and we came today because we have a one-and-a-half-year-old daughter, and um, it took a full year on a wait list to get child care. So it's something we're pretty that's pretty important to our community. So you're situated now. You have child yes. care. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean for your family? Um, it means we're paying a good chunk of change <laughs> to one of the child care centers in town, um, but we've been extremely happy with the care that um, we've gotten. But yeah, it's it took a while. <laughs> Rebecca Calvin, thank you for coming to the Child Care Awareness Fair where you have a table. Thank you for having me. I'm the lead teacher over at Wu Chin, and I'm here just to advocate for teaching positions and to have a presence here at the summit. So have you had difficulty this year in filling positions at Wu Chin? We have had difficulty this year. We have our teacher aide represented as our cook this year, and very little staffing applications have been coming through, so we have very little prospects on being able to open up again, which is really sad. What has that meant for Wuchu? It means that we have one classroom instead of two, that we can't fully accept all the children that we would be able to into one class because we don't have proper supervision. 
And what do you think would bring people in to apply for a position? Um, possibly a stipend to entice them into it, maybe a discount on child care. Child care expenses are quite big. They are. Thank you. You're welcome. My name is Erica Apti and I'm the director of Betty Lyson Child Care Center. We see children that, especially right now with the pandemic, that have not been around a lot of other children, um, so have really seen the value of children interacting with peers their own age, um, playing with them, sitting at lunch with them, snack, and having those social opportunities for interactions with children their own age. Hi, I'm here with Jessica Christensen. You had some thoughts about childcare. I just think it's really key for us to remember that it's not a concern only of a certain segment of the population, that it's only your concern if you have a kiddo birth to five, or it's only your concern if your kid's in elementary and you're trying to find activities or places for them to go after school, that it really is a community-wide investment and interest, and that it's all of our interest, and um, that our solutions will come when we all can put our heads together and think about how to come up with a new solution or how to rethink something that already exists to improve it and make it better. Hi, Blue Scheibler from the Association for Education of Young Children in Southeast Alaska. Um, I'm in Sitka today enjoying the beautiful weather and helping inform policymakers about the need for public investment in the child care sector. Um, similar advocacy efforts in Juneau have resulted in $800,000 a year being added to the city budget for a program that directly subsidizes the operating expenses of child care programs. I know that some people have declared uh, child care a broken economy. What does that even mean? Well, that means that child care as a business is in market failure. Child care businesses cannot raise their sole source of revenue that comes from parents in order to compete in a tight labor market or compete in this the economy in general. Um, so it's broken in that way and that it doesn't fit the model of a traditional business in a free market economy. Thank you very much. Thank you. That was Sitka Health Summit Coalition member Carrie Sagel with an audio postcard from last Saturday's Child Care Awareness Fair at Blatchley Middle School in Sitka. COVID disrupted a lot of the community activities we used to take for granted. Just last month, bingo nights started up again at the Filipino Community Hall in downtown Juneau after more than two and a half years. KTOO's Adeline Baxter stopped by to check it out. It's Thursday night and the bingo hall is buzzing. A few dozen people, mostly seniors, but not all of them, are clustered around long tables, waiting for the games to begin. Some are playing cribbage or cards or just chatting. Nan Hotch says she comes here every Thursday and Saturday. She doesn't win much, but she enjoys catching up with other regulars. Be with all the friends you can't go see all that much anymore, so get to come here and visit. It costs $21 to play. That gets you 13 games of bingo. The total payout for the night is $5,000. Dante Reyes is the vice president for Filipino Community, Inc. We were out of the gaming, our gaming operations for about two and a half years. 
and that's why we lost a lot of revenue. That money not only keeps the lights on and the roof from leaking, but helps the organization pay for annual scholarships for students and hold cultural events. The building is more than 100 years old, and it needs repairs and upgrades. The bingo boards aren't that old, but they have their own issues. Bingo manager Sila Garcia says they're hoping to replace them. Yeah, there's still a lot of bugs and fixes that we need to um, figure out, but hopefully we don't have to. We can just get a whole new system. On a typical night, Garcia says they see 60 to 80 patrons and make up to $10,000 in gross sales. Dividend just hit, so we're kind of at our high peak right now, so people still have money to spend. <laughs> when the bingo caller takes their seat behind the box of floating balls, it's time to start. It takes about 15 minutes and sometimes a few false alarms before each game comes to an end. As soon as that happens, it's on to the next one. One game is called the Filipino Special. That's the one with the $1,000 prize. It used to be called Italian, but it didn't make sense to me, so I changed the Filipino. <laughs> the numbers come fast, and the winning pattern changes with each game. It's hard to keep up for a first-timer, but most veteran players have multiple cards going at once to increase their chances. Reyes says it's nice to see the same faces every week again. So they want to go here, have camaraderie, as you can see from the from the, on, on the on the hall. They have they are uh, they're playing some cards with them, uh, storytelling about what happened during the last previous days for the bingo and telling about their grandkids, kids, and what happened. Shannon Bible sits at the end of a table with a friend, diligently marking numbers on her cards. She's glad to be back and says it's nice to have somewhere other than the bars to go to socialize, but. She said it's not exactly the same as before. Yeah, it's kind of sad too at the same time because a lot of people that were regulars are no longer here. Yep, a lot of people that used to come here are no longer with us. Two and a half years is a long time, especially during a global pandemic. But for now, it's nice to have a little slice of normalcy back and maybe a chance to win big too. In Juno, I'm Adeline Baxter. And that's Raven News for this hour. You can listen to or read our stories again on our website at kcaw.org. Well, thanks so much for tuning in. Let's take a look at the weather forecast for our listening region. Today in the forecast for Sitka, rain heavy at times, highs near 47 degrees. South winds around 20 miles per hour with a chance of rain 100%. New precipitation amounts between 1 and 2 inches are possible. Rain tonight as well, heavy at times with lows around 43 degrees and south winds around 20 miles per hour, 100% chance of rain and new precipitation amounts between three quarters and one inch are possible. And for tomorrow, rain as well, highs near 45 degrees with south winds around 15 miles per hour, 90% chance of rain and new precipitation amounts between one half and three quarters of an inch are possible. Currently 46 degrees and raining outside. Hope you're having a